Hello and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. I'm Marley Silva, and I'm so excited to be bringing you this, our second halftime huddle interview. These are our bonus episodes that feature conversations with some of our favorite Aussie athletes. Imagine this, you're 29 years old, perfectly healthy, and living your dream as a professional rugby league player. Even better, you finally reunited with your brother at a new club, ready and pumped to play alongside him once more. Only one day after training in preseason, something isn't right. And before you know it, you're in hospital with a doctor telling you if you'd ignored what your body was trying to tell you, the infection in your kidneys could have killed you. This is exactly what happened to today's guest, Malachi Watane Zelezniak. After a terrifying health scare at the back of 2020, he was forced into early retirement. Despite which, and after a few other obstacles he's had to overcome, Malachi remains to be one of the most optimistic people I've ever had the pleasure of chatting with. His outlook on life and the lesson he shares in this conversation have truly been so inspiring for me, and I have no doubt it will have the same impact on you. Thank you again for taking the time to come on and give up your time, Malachi. It was truly an honor. Now it's into the show. I just wanted to say thank you guys for having me on. Um, you know, any any chance to you know speak and uh, kind of get my story out there is, is always a good yarn. It's easy to talk about yourself, yeah. <laughs> as most people know. So yeah, I'm just happy to be here, and uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, cool. So we're starting. We call these interviews with, that we're having with athletes our halftime huddles, nice. uh, and we're kicking every single one of them off with a round of fast five questions to get to okay. know you a little bit more, <laughs> settle into it. So we've got a couple, and we just want you to answer like. Whatever is at the top of your head, okay? Right, let's go. So, which movie could you watch over and over again? Lord of the Rings. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Is all, all of them. I don't wow. think I've ever made I've it never, to the end of really? one. No. Yeah. Oh, you, you guys are missing out. Okay. <laughs> put that on the list. Uh, what's your favourite day of the week? My favourite day of the week would have to be a Friday. Yeah. Um, you know, you got the weekend off. Um, you know, I try to work the business from Monday to Friday and try and take the weekend off, so... That's probably my my uh, favorite time is just to be able to spend the weekend with the kids and yeah yeah, uh, yeah. have it back to yourself now finally yeah exactly I actually got my weekends back now yeah. uh, which is awesome you know it feels weird you know Saturday Sunday not having any footy or anything on so um, like you said having the weekend back is is uh, is awesome yeah <laughs> uh, do you think sauce goes in the fridge or the cupboard. Ooh. I keep it in the fridge. Oh, we're not going to judge you. Oh. <laughs> uh, what was your first job? Uh, my first job. Uh, so during high school in year ten, my mate's dad had a demolition business. So me and my mate used to go during school holidays to work demolition. The worst job in the world. <laughs> I, that's what probably pushed me in footy was to you know hopefully never end up on the shovel and digging holes and sweeping schools and stuff like that. So my first job was demolition and wow. um, yeah I'm I definitely don't want to go yeah. back. There. I, I take my hats off to everyone that works works construction and yeah. all that. So yeah, um, and we wanted to know we have a chicks and balls official pump up um, playlist that okay. we've put together and what would be your pump up song that you would add to that playlist. Um, I guess when I was playing at Tigers, it used to be Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. Always, oh, cliche. Or, yeah, cliche. I always had to play that. Um, 
at least five minutes before would get you know headphones off and 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 start prepping for the game. So yeah, I the Tiger was definitely up on my playlist, my yeah. pop up music. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to add that in. We don't we don't <laughs> add that on there. That so, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. I actually wanted to start with the question about your last name. I mean, I love a double barreled last name for starters. But over the weekend, I was watching your brother Dallin um, in the dogs game. We are bulldog supporters, so um, and I actually laughed out loud because one of the commentators was saying something about him and completely stumbled on your last name and just gave up halfway through went was it and then just changed the sentence and I was like that's embarrassing for you but um could you tell us the origins of that last name because it's it's very unique and I think you can see the two cultures that are there yeah so Watson is 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 our Maldi um last name from from mum um and then Zelezniak is from my dad he's Polish so my dad's half Tongan half Polish and my mum is Maldi Irish English so it's a bit of a mixed blood yeah. uh, between um, our family, but uh, so when we, so when my grandfather come uh, moved from Poland after uh, World War Two, mm. um, the Russians broke him out of the concentration camp, and then he jumped on a boat and came to Australia. Uh, they couldn't pronounce his name, yeah. uh, so Zlesniak obviously is a hard yeah. uh, name to pronounce. So they gave him Shelley. So our last name used to be Shelley up until the age of I think I, I must have been about twelve before we changed it back to Zlesniak. Wow. Um, yeah, so we so when my grandfather passed on, he changed his name back to Zelezna just before he had passed. So my dad wanted to do the same. So my mum filled out the paperwork and um, snuck in her her last name, her maiden <laughs> la- last name. So that's where the Watane came from, and um, it was too expensive to change it back. So dad just said, "Just keep it." Yeah. So that's the ori- <laughs> that's the origin to Watane Zelezna. Wow, that's really cool, that's and cool I think story. yeah, that's. Um, incredible to think about like what your grandfather went through and it must you must feel a lot of pride in in being able to wear you know both parts of your culture yeah definitely like as you said um I got to know my grandfather because I was a bit older compared to Dow and my younger siblings so um to be able to spend that bit of time with them and to know you know the history where he came from Poland and um like what he went through um is definitely you know an honor to be able to have our last names Lesnar can take after him yeah, that's beautiful. So tell us about your upbringing. Where did you grow up? Uh, so from, I was born here in Australia um, and then I moved back or our family moved back to New Zealand um, when I was 18 months um, and that's where Dow and my other three siblings were born. So we lived over there till I was eight and then we, my parents worked at the Sydney Olympics. So they came over to Sydney and worked there and then uh, we ended up just staying from then on and being over here for what the good... 15 years now or plus. So, yeah, that's probably why I've got a bit more of an Aussie accent than yeah. all my cousins and the rest of my family. But, um, yeah, so we grew up uh, over New Zealand and here in Australia as well. Yeah, cool. My mum worked at the Sydney Olympics as well. Oh. <laughs> I feel like everyone in Sydney did. So um, what were you like as a kid? Were you the sporty one kind of straight away? And, and was that was footy kind of on the cards from the beginning? Yeah, I, th- I think it all come down from our kōrō. So he started a rugby league club back in New Zealand, uh, I think back in the 80s or 90s. Um, and so all, so myself and all our cousins and that all started at the age of four playing playing footy. So we all grew up in sport, um, rugby league, basketball, touch, um, everything like that. So I guess you could say that we were the sporty family growing up and um, you know it, it kind of only made sense for us to kind of try and push on and to try and play in first grade and um, you know try and achieve the dream. So we had a we had that dream uh, since we were young young kids. Yeah, but being in New Zealand, were you not pushed towards rugby? 
like union um, was there pressure there because i just know like all our kiwi mates it's yeah, kind of rugby. you know rugby is everything oh definitely so back home rugby is everything like as you said uh rugby league kind of takes a bit of a back back step from um rugby so i think my quarter really loved league so our great-grandfather um steve watanet he he uh, played for the kiwis back back in the 70s or 80s oh, i'm wow. not too sure yeah. but he kept he was the first Maori to captain the, the oh. um, kiwis team so i guess um you know my Kuro being his son, obviously loved league and um, wanted to try and instill that into us as well. So, um, yeah, so he started his own league club and, you know, said, said to all us boys that, he'll, that we'll never play rugby. It's always <laughs> rugby league. <laughs> no choice. <laughs> There's no choice there. Far out, you have so much, like, strength and, and kind of incredible stories throughout both your families, obviously. <laughs> like, to think that, you know, trailblazers um, with, yeah. yeah, far out. That's really cool. So um, we – know obviously about your brother Dallin do you, ha- you have other siblings yeah yeah so I'm one of six uh, so there's wow. six of us in the family six siblings so I'm the eldest obviously so I've got to set the example for <laughs> the rest of them um but yeah like it was a bit of a crazy ha- uh, household growing up um you know with the six of us and you know dad always at work and mum at home with the six of us so uh, yeah, it was a bit of, bit of uh, craziness going on and a bit of arguments and fights and, and uh, whatnot with a big family, but um, it was awesome. Like, I loved our grow- our um, time growing up. Like, it brought us closer together and uh, mum kind of drove that, that um, with our family, you know, the, the uh, closest and spending time together. So, um, yeah, it was a really enjoyable growing, um, experience growing up with my family and how yeah. close we are and uh, the times that we spent together. Yeah, that's beautiful. So when did it kind of get to a point where footy was getting serious and, and how did you kind of end up in the NRL system? Um, I think it started getting serious when um, I probably first made um, rep footy, which was Harold Matz. Like I always loved it, like always played um, Division One coming through, but it was always like, yeah, play footy because I loved it and I played with my mates and um, everyone from school played it. So um, it was just natural to play football, but it wasn't until I guess making um, Harold Matthews under 16s for Penrith um, that it kind of you know hit me where I was like, you know what, I could actually make a career out of this and actually achieve that that lifelong dream that I've always wanted to from a you know a kid um, to now. So yeah, that, that that was probably the first time that kind of sparked that um, this could be a, a reality. Mm. And tell us about your debut. How old were you, and and how did it come about? Yeah, so I debuted at 25, so I was a little older um, compared to your norm, you know, boys that uh, debuting at 18, 19, 20, so um, I took a bit of a longer road uh, to to my debut, but yeah, it was awesome, like, I guess being a bit more experienced, um, you know, I kind of knew or expected what was coming, I, you know, I had a few seasons in um, reserve grades, so, you know, playing up against men and getting that experience against, you know, first graders that weren't playing first grade that week, so... Um, I guess that kind of helped me, but yeah, I just remember, like I always tell everyone on my debut, you know, everyone's always nervous or they they always talk about the nerves, but I guess for me, I had Dow next to me. So I remember standing in the tunnel and, um, you know, Dow was in front of me and, um, I guess they just kind of calmed me having that, you know, yeah. sibling or family next to me that, you know, kind of took the nerves away and I was actually running out of the tunnel and I just remembered, um, just feeling so calm and excited more, more or less than, um, you know, nervous or, or, you know, thinking about, am I going to stuff up on my debut? <laughs> yeah. So I guess that, that was a really nice experience that, you know, I got to have with Dow. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really cool to be able to share that. Um, and I think considering you were in that older age bracket with the debut, um, I imagine that there was probably 
some times where you, you got pretty frustrated with maybe not being there? Like how, how did you deal with that and, you know, yeah, how did you keep yourself going and getting to that point? Yeah, so um, it definitely was a long road for me. Um, I remember coming through 20s, um, you know, I played – I went up after SG Ball, um, played 20s at the back end of the season and then played pretty much three seasons of 20s. Went, went, went pretty good and, you know, in my head I just thought, yeah, I'm going to go up into first grade next year and, you know, just play first grade, you know, without any hard work or – um, training or anything like that during the off season, so um, I pretty much done nothing that off season, thinking <laughs> I could come into first grade and just you know wing it. Um, and I got a rude shock when I turned up and you know skin folds were high and um, I was at the back of the pack uh, during fitness um, times like that. And then I got dropped um, just before Christmas, um, so I was told to go back to reserve grade because uh, oh. I wasn't up to scratch. So I guess that was the rude awakening to be like, you know what. It, it's not just going to fall in my lap, you know, like actually I have to work hard. Um, you'd think I'd learn from that, um, <laughs> but obviously I didn't. So um, I ended up going back to reserve grade there and then I got the opportunity to go to the Warriors with um, Matt Elliott um, to try and you know, obviously uh, crack into first grade again. So uh, knowing what I did and, and, and you'd think I'd learn from it, I didn't. I'd done no training again, which is uh, pretty disappointing uh, looking back, but um yeah so I I rocked over to New Zealand pretty much did no training um was unfit and you know it was, I kind of left New Zealand midway through the year because obviously um, I just wasn't up to scratch and um I, my, my wife was pregnant at the time as well so she was over in New Zealand um almost um full term so I decided to pull the pin and come back to Aussie and um and she can have baby here around family and um, I pretty much gave up on the dream then. I said, I'm done, you wow. know, uh, finished up. So I had six months away from any sport, just, you know, focusing on my uh, newborn and, and my wife at the time. So, yeah, so th- and then I went, the following year I went and played some rugby, just some local rugby um, at Penrith Emus. <laughs> just a bit of fun, like, with a few of the boys. And um, I guess I enjoyed it a lot and then ended up making a, a rep team that was – um, I think it was NRC back then. I'm not too sure what it's called now. Um, and then, you know, you know, started to get a bit more serious there. And then Dow just said, you know what, come back to Penrith now and start start playing um, reserve grade again and push your way in. And I was, I'm in an R and I was like, ah, oh, no, you know what, I, you know, I think my time's passed. I would have been about 23 or 24 at the time. So um, I just thought, you know, you know what, I'm just going to have fun with my mates and play rugby. But um, he convinced me. I went back to Penrith. Uh, went good at the back end of the season. Um, I scored a preseason uh, with first grade, uh, so I thought, you know what, I'm not going to make the same yeah. mistake that I did, <laughs> yeah. you know, three years ago. Um, so yeah, I trained the house down during the off season. Um, had my best um, preseason that I had had in a while, and then yeah, debuted uh, that year. Wow, that's yeah. a, that's a, hard work. Yeah, what a roller coaster. Oh, <laughs> long story. <laughs> and then you know we're about to get to what happened to you last year. So yeah. like to think. Yeah, finally got back to play with your brother. I was excited. You know, I left Tigers to, you know, go back and play with Dow at Penrith. Um, You know, things didn't work out there. Dow ended up moving the doggies. And then the opportunity came out. Baz called me to come in and train and and, uh, be around the boys. And, you know, that that there was an opportunity there. And I took it with both. I said, yeah, 100% I'm keen. I said, it gives me an opportunity to play with Dow again and and, uh, reconnect. Um, But, yeah, so I ended up um, overtraining, like just me not listening to my body. Like, so... Looking back, right, sorry, I was 
going back where I, you know I'd done no training, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know what hard work was, um, everything like that. I'm 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 now what I was now five years into my career, I have first grade career, and I've overtrained. So oh. now I've overtrained. I, I wasn't listening to my body. I should have listened to it. Um, I found it hard to say, you know what, maybe you should have tomorrow off and just rest your body and yeah. then come back um, to training full full health. But you know, you know me. <laughs> you know, I just said, "No, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine." Do you think it was because of the fact that you didn't do that before that you thought you have to push harder now? Yeah, exactly. And and um, you're exactly right. Like I think in my head, I knew um, you know to be successful or to get my debut, I, I had to work hard. So you know, I'm you know I didn't have a position cemented at Bulldogs. Um, so you know, I had to work hard. I couldn't um, you know if I wanted to push for a position on the wing or, you know, um, in the squad, you know, I had to knuckle down and train hard and, and uh, try and push my body to that limit. But um, I guess that's the kind of balance you have to have is um, knowing when your limit is and when to rest and when to recover. So, yeah, looking back now, I probably should have rested a bit, and you know, instead of uh, training too much. But, yeah, yeah my, my own body just didn't handle it and um, kidneys end up shutting down and then the whole body – uh, was finding it hard to recover, so yeah, that's that's kind of where where it got to. Yeah, so so take us to that day when you kind of got to that point where your body was like, "Nah, I can't do this anymore." So how did you realize something was wrong? Yeah, so I had like I felt fine, like the whole time, even now, like I feel fine. Um, it was more my body, like my inside. So I trained on the Tuesday, so I went into training Tuesday, trained Tuesday, trained Wednesday, um, and then came in Thursday and then trained again. And then I come off the field and then I passed urine and um, blood come mm. come through. And I was like, oh, no, like I'm probably just dehydrated or something like that. Like just trying to convince myself. I, like looking back, I was, I was stupid. Like that's me not listening to my body. Um, and then I thought, you know what, I'll just hydrate. So I drank about three litres in between field and weights. And then I went, done my weights, came came out of um waste and went to the toilet again and then blood like more blood yeah. came came out and um I thought then again that's my stubbornness not not listening to my body um I thought I'll be fine I'll just drink some more water and then oh, just before I left um I mentioned it to Dow I just said look Dow I think um I think I passed blood in my urine and then he goes what are you serious i said yeah I, I said i think i did i like i'm not too sure and he goes i'm gonna go tell the physio and i said no no it's fine leave it leave it i need to train tomorrow um you know like i'm trying to push hard i've only just come in and i need to make an impression on on on, on the coaching staff and then uh, he goes no nah, i'm gonna go tell our physio so he went in told our physio physio said doc um message and said that i'm not training tomorrow i said no nah, i'm fine i'm training oh, i can do it i'm fine yeah um and then i remember going back um that night I was like, oh, you know, Doc and that are just overreacting. It's fine. It's fine. And then I went and got blood tests done on Friday that morning, sat out of training, just sit on the sideline, felt fine. Like my whole body, like yeah. I, like the the weird thing about it was that I felt fine. Like I, I didn't have any symptoms of fatigue or um, like any, any type of symptoms. Um, and then I got a call that night at 11.30 at night, um, the doctor calling me and say, saying to go straight to hospital. Um, yeah, that my blood test, my my muscle damage was through the roof, and my kidneys almost shutting down. Um, so yeah, so I rushed the hospital, and I was in there for four four nights, just on a drip, uh, just just kind of flushing the um, the muscle damage through my kidneys to get them working again. So. Yeah, it was a bit of. A, I mean, like you're laughing now, obviously, because oh, yeah. yeah. you, you have to, right? You yeah. have to make light of yeah. these kind of situations. But 
how how did you feel? And I can imagine your wife was probably terrified oh, as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She she was like she you know obviously stresses about me and and me uh, pushing myself because she sees me at home. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. So so that night, you know, I, I couldn't even eat dinner. So I was that she had to feed me with the fork, oh. and, and that and then she was right. She's like, "You're not training." And I'm like, "I'm fine. I'm fine. Just just, oh, just, my just God. get through it, and it, like it'll be fine." I, over the weekend off, I'll be able to rest and recover. Um, so she's the worry. So she was worrying, saying, no, like, I want you to go get blood tests done, everything. Like that. I said, I'm fine, I'm fine. So, yeah, as soon as we got the call, she was, um, she was, you know, really, really nervous for me, um, really scared. So she took me straight up. And then while we were in the hospital, uh, because I was feeling fine, I was like, there was a bit of a wait. And I said, you know what, just take me home, I'm fine. Like, oh. I, feel, I feel all right. And then Doc said, no, if you go home, like, you have a chance of dying so right, i was huh? like yeah maybe i should stay <laughs> you get out um, of the i told you so yeah, yeah. she said yeah. i'm glad you listened to yeah. me <laughs> listen more often yeah, yeah exactly so i got the old spill from her and um yeah i'm glad i listened you know i'm glad i listened to doc and the physio because um the doc the specialist up the hospital just said if i trained friday my kidneys would have shut down and my heart would have gone so um, yeah i was like oh well Thanks, yeah. Doc. Yeah. I said I was a bit, you know, upset at you for stopping me from training, but, you know, you saved my life. So, yeah, yeah that's, that that's is, a bit of a... And I can only imagine, like, you're 29 right now, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're young, healthy, <laughs> fit. You've been an athlete. Yeah. Like, you've it must have been a shock. Boxes, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it was. Like, I've never had this problem ever. Like, like as you were saying, like, training and doing um, so many pre-seasons over the years, Um and 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 just feeling fine, like I like I had no symptoms, no fatigue, no nothing. So I was like, like I'm fine. Like yeah. I, my body feels fine, other than being sore, obviously, and yeah. can't can't um, feed myself. But um, <laughs> that's just a good workout. Yeah, that's oh, why yeah. I just thought I was, you know, like <laughs> oh, man, like I'm, like like it's a really good training. I'm, you know, I'm gonna get um, some benefits out of it. But you know, obviously, I should have listened to my body a bit more. Mm. So the aftermath of it obviously is that you had to make a really tough decision around your career when did it kind of become apparent that you know this would be the end yeah so um <clears throat> i had pretty much three three and a half weeks off because it happened just before christmas break um and then i come back and then we try to slowly get, um, get back into it just to see how the kidneys pulled up and my blood levels and then um, they spiked again. I'm not as high as what they originally did, but they spiked again. So I couldn't train for another um, week. And then we tried again slowly and then it spiked again. And then, you know, I, I guess after it happened the second time, um, you know, I, I kind of just um, thought, you know what, you know, there's, there's no, <laughs> like, like there's no, um, there's no good that could come of, you know, yeah. always pushing my body or my kidneys and that um, in the long term. So, I thought, you know, I'm still young and I want to be able to, you know, be around my kids, yeah, you, know, yeah. at, you know, growing up and um, stuff like that. So, yeah, I guess that the decision came um, to kind of, you know, retire, hang the boots up. Like I could have stayed on and kept trying and kept pushing. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I had my business there as well. So that kind of made the um, decision easier to kind of transition into that. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I I come to the decision, you know, I've done it, I've ticked it off, I only ever wanted to play one game of first grade and, yeah. you know, to be able to get 34 is, is you know, I'm grateful for that. So. Yeah. so, yeah, you talk about um, your business and so obviously that's made that decision a bit easier. Tell us tell us about it um, and what made you start it. When I was 26, so probably a year after I did a podcast with Denim um, and I remember going to the hotel because he lived up in Goldie or Brizzy at the time and flew down I remember leaving, um, you know, his podcast 
podcast just thinking, you know, how cool is this? You know, um, Denim's transitioned from footy into a business that's, that's doing really well. And, um, you know, I want to do something similar, you know, um, do something, some type of business to kind of set myself up for after footy um, that I can transition into that a bit easier. So he kind of sparked that, that, um, that driving me uh, to kind of start something. And then I guess leaving there was the kind of idea to find something to, to start. <laughs> And how did you land on, on what you have? Um, I've always loved watches uh, growing up. You know, I've, you know, I've always loved to wear a watch like as I was going out. And, um, yeah, I just thought, you know, well, why not start our own watch business and uh, try and try and figure out how to do it because we had no idea at the time. So we did a bit of research and, you know, I just remember just spending hours and hours on trying to find, um, you know, different manufacturers, um, sampling, everything like that. So once we got that sorted, um, it was pretty much a no-brainer. We were excited. Yeah, and what's it like working with your brother? Oh, it's good. Dow's um, good. Like he's obviously like he focuses a lot on footy, yeah. um, so he kind of plays that background role to it. So, um, you know, Dow's input into um, you know marketing, and and um, he did a marketing course uh, two years ago. Um, so he gives that bit of advice behind there, yeah. um, the design process as well. So we'll talk back and forth with um, you know what we like in watches and what we can kind of incorporate into our designs. So. Um, yeah, he's good. He plays a bit of background role. You know, he doesn't like to be up front and you know, and, you know, in the cameras. So then, you know, that, that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's good. He, um, his 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 input is really good. It sounds really similar to me and my sister because we yeah had a little business together. And um, being the oldest, like you definitely end up taking that little boss <laughs> yeah. role. But it I, it sounds like you guys have a good working relationship. Yeah, it is. It's good. You know, Dale's Dale's pretty easy going. You know, he loves to just concentrate on footy and you know, any, any input he can do and, you know, his time off or days off, he will. But, um, you know, his main focus is footy at the moment, which is good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, he just allows me to run the business and uh, do everything that needs to be done every day. Yeah, so you work on the designs and everything as well, yes. so the whole bit. Yeah, so we do pretty much everything. So we've only just outsourced stuff um, this year. So we've brought on a digital marketing agency to take care of, um, like, all our advertisement, um, our reach, all that type of stuff, getting the name out there. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, we're just looking at bringing on, um, you know, a marketing manager where that kind of takes the headache off us having to organize, you know, branding, shoots, um, content, everything like that. So um, we can just focus on the design. So that's that's what I love about yeah. the business or that's the side I love is the design um, part. And, um, you know, I enjoy designing the watches and seeing it come to life, you know, from a sketch to, a, you know, an actual product. So. Yeah. So, what what's your dreams with the business now? Um, I guess just continually, I uh, continue to grow it. Um, you know, at the moment it's, it's just online. Um, we're in talks now about getting them in stores. Um, we're just trying to decide whether you know what's the right path or what's you know what stores we want to see our brand in. Um, but online at the moment is going really well for us. So we may look at maybe potentially at the end of the year or possibly at the start of next year. So yeah, just growing the business, just yeah. getting it bigger, um, getting it out there, and um, you know producing more designs. Are there any lessons or practices that you learn as a professional athlete that you think are benefiting you as a business person? Yeah, I, I think the drive, um, you know, goal settings and trying to achieve your goals, I guess that's um, something that's been, you know, I brought on from football is just, you know, work ethic, you know, hard work obviously brings success. And, um, you know, I've been able to use that from football and, and I bring to the business and just goal, goal orientated, like in footy, you obviously goal orientated or any sport you want to, you know, set goals and, and um, targets to hit and then, um, you know, you, you work hard to achieve it. So I guess bringing all that knowledge and that kind of um, 
those things over to the business has really, really helped us. Mm. As you said, you when you had to retire, you had that business to fall on. Do you think it's important for other athletes to be thinking about that while still playing? Because it is obviously a hard decision. Sometimes it's not your own decision to make. So having that something mentally, did that benefit you? And do you think that that's important? Yeah, I definitely think it's important. Like, <clears throat> like now just being recently retired, you can kind of see where boys, um, when they do retire, that they feel lost because yeah. they don't have that drive or they don't have that those those uh, goals to kind of achieve like you know like I've got the business but there's days where I kind of feel you know a bit lost because I'm not in my in my routine where you know you wake up early morning you you know you, you have your breakfast you then drive to training you've got your yoga you got your prep you got your strapping you got everything sorted for the day so now that I've got you know um, days where you know I'm like I should be working but there's nothing to do yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know what, what do I do now? So I, I guess not having the business or not having something there, boys kind of fall into that um, that bit of, um, I guess, empty space where they're trying to figure out what, what can I do. So I think it's really important to kind of start something like a business or, you know, study, do a trade on the side or um, study at uni or, you know, um, just something to kind of have for when you do retire. Because if you've got nothing, it makes it a lot harder when you retire to transition into you know being an athlete and training every day and having that routine to nothing so Mm. um yeah i definitely think it's important if you can or if you love business then yeah definitely business because um you know if you got that passion for it that there's a lot of opportunities that it kind of opens you to and um it kind of gives you you know your own self um, satisfaction when it's your own thing to be able to achieve and, and and see grow um, just like footy and just like an athlete, you want to, you know, you get satisfaction out of seeing you grow from, you know, um, a, like this footballer to a great footballer type of thing. Do so. you think it was beneficial as well to start it whilst you were still in the limelight as a professional, both of you in the NRL? Do you think that did help with the awareness and the name of the business? Yeah, 100%. Like I've told all my teammates, I said, if you're going to start a business, start it while you're yeah, playing yeah. footy, start it now because you've got, you know, you've got all the major broadcasting channels at your feet, you know, they're all wanting stories and they're all wanting great stories to be able to push out, yeah. you know, to all their um, viewers and stuff like that. So, you know, I remember when we first started, you had, you know, every news article, every channel nine, channel 10, channel seven, just trying to do an article on this business because it's, you know, two footy players starting a business, they just want to eat that up and yeah. and push it out. So, It'll be a lot harder once you do retire yeah. um, to be able to have access or networking um, through footy. And not only that, you've got players and teammates around you that are more than willing to help share, mm. push your product out, um, share on the social media to get awareness to um, to your brand. So it's a lot easier while you're in footy to be able yeah. to do that um, as compared to when you finish. Or um, Yeah, so there's there's um, so much benefits to starting a business while you're playing Um compared to you can still do it after it's just a lot harder to be able to network and and um, connect with with players and people yeah it has been really cool to watch a lot of players kind of recognizing their own personal brand and even doing a lot of like social media influencing and stuff yeah be your own brand yeah be be human yeah exactly and I think it's um like you know even we love your TikToks like we we get (laughs) around them they're so good like and it's you've kind of dabbled in in a bit of that yep. like influencing it's kind of a dirty word right but it's it is a little bit of that as well do you enjoy doing that content creation like i love watching the ones with your kids like yeah. they're so beautiful yeah like it's good i enjoy it um you know um now that i'm retired you you know and and talking about that extra time on a day off you know you, you you've got you know um social media to do that and you know back in the day branding or player branding or you know um 
your influence on social media wasn't really big. It was a kind of it was kind of a um, you just didn't care or you just didn't do it. Whereas it's so important these days for life after footy. Like you see so many players that have you know been at the top of the game um, and 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 not built their personal brand on social media or stuff like that um, that they could have capitalized on and be able to help them for life after football. Mm. Um, so I really think personal branding is is a big plus. If you can do it while it's while you're in the game, um, it just opens doors to other other avenues like at, you know after footy you know you may be able to land you know like a like doing an ad for for yeah. like a company and just getting paid that money just extra coin coming into your pocket stuff like that so um yeah i think it's really important to to build your personal brand while while in the sport yeah and speaking about you you being a dad um you know obviously we're a, a sports podcast by women um you know trying to have more females in the space and one of your tiktoks that i really loved was you and your daughter um i think it it might have been a milo ad but you were out the back with her like throwing the footy kicking a soccer ball and things like that how important it, it does it feel to you as as a dad to show your daughter that she can be in sport as well oh it's huge you know she's talented she yeah. has a lot more talent she's a lot more talented than what that when I was, you know, at at her age, um, just seeing her drive, like I didn't, I didn't have the drive that she has now as well. So, um, I think it's important. And like as you see, like having your daughter, um, you know, come through and loving sport and want to do every sport, soccer. Uh, she wants to play footy, but I said no because <laughs> I said not. I said not at the moment because I couldn't handle you getting hurt yeah, and yeah. and um, you know, tag touch. yeah, Oz yeah. tag touch, yeah, because uh, I'm a bit protective yeah. over her. But, um, but yeah, she's she's just a talent. Like mm-hmm. like like. I get shocked at how good she is, you know, in sport and and, and the drive she has. So, um, I think it's really important for for um, her to be able to, ha- you know, have those outlets as she grows older to be able to have competitions to be able mm-hmm. to, you know, achieve. Because I enjoyed the process, you know, making myself into first grade, um, and I want the same thing for her as well. Yeah. So, I think it's moving in the right direction. I just think there's a lot more yeah. um, growing to be um, done. Yeah, hopefully by the time she's you know yeah. an adult, it, it looks completely different in the space. Yeah. And our our favorite thing is like we played sport together, you know, growing yeah. up. It's best you make your best, best friends, best friends because exactly. you get interest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How do they like you being at home more? Oh, they love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not annoying yet. No, so I'm not annoying yet. Um, they both at school. So sorry, my eldest is at school and my um, youngest is at daycare three days a week to uh, build that social um, connection, yeah. getting them ready for kindergarten. So. Um, I guess the time that I've been at home because I've been away so much with footy, and then when I am, well, when I was playing footy, you'd come home from training and you'd just be tired and spent. So mentally, you you're, you're there, but you're not really yeah. there. Um, so they've got you know I'm making I'm I'm building Legos yeah. and you know doing all the stuff that I've never done before. Um, with them growing up, so they're loving having me home and. Um, I'm sure I'll get annoying to them soon, uh, but at the moment they're loving it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for everything you shared. I guess the last question that I have, to hear your story, to hear all the things you've overcome and you just seem like such an optimistic person, how do you find that and, and how do you look after yourself mentally? You know, that could be advice for other people. Um, just like you said, like I am optimistic. I like to be that way just because like I think it really opens you up to opportunities like if you're really close and you don't you know open yourself up then you're never going to be able to um, you know hear someone give you an opportunity or be able to be in the right place at the right time so I think that's you know you have to be positive yeah you know positivity attracts positive so um, yeah I guess just try and be open as much as you can um, accept everything mm-hmm. um, just go like I'm a really go with the flow type of person so um, you know I've, I've 
if you ask me something or, or, or I do something, I'll just go with the flow and I'll just do it. Um, yeah. I have no set ways. Um, yeah, I think you just have to be, um, I guess, guess like fluid, just roll, roll with everything and um, be open to everything. Oh, that's great advice. Yeah. I, I should take that. I'm not very good <laughs> at doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Just thank you so much. It is honestly like I feel quite inspired by yeah. your story and I think that hopefully our listeners feel the same. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. A massive thank you once again to Malachi for coming on and sharing such an inspiring story. It truly means so much to us. If you are enjoying the show, please make sure you follow or subscribe wherever you're listening right now. You can also follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod and get ready because we release new episodes every single Thursday and occasionally more halftime huddle chats just like this. Thank you once again and I guess I'll catch you next time.